and then they want to get a visa and they think that it's so easy once they're here and it's not. I mean, it's not that it's hard, but it's not easy. And if you don't get the right documentation when you cross the border, suddenly that creates a challenge for you. Now, back to real estate. Anybody, anybody potentially can invest in U.S. real estate from anywhere in the world. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I have my most amazing guest, Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much for being here with us today. Always a pleasure, Michelle. Awesome. So give everybody a highlight of who you are and a quick introduction to your business. Hopefully I'll get it right this time. So like (laughs) Michelle, I'm originally from Canada. I am in South Florida. I'm a cross-border lawyer, realtor, and expert at investments, no matter if it's in real estate or business or all things considered. Nice. Yes. When once upon a time I took a left turn, she took the right turn. <laughs> she went down to Florida and I went up to the Arctic Circle. And, <laughs> and I should have gone to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Don't show me outside and I won't show you outside here. <laughs> exactly. So let's yeah. back up the bus a little bit. And how did you get into all of this and the cross-border investing? Well, Michelle, since you and I have been working together almost going on three years now, Um, it's been an interesting ride, as you know. So originally, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm from Toronto and I moved here and I, um, was married here in 2006 and I went on my honeymoon to Thailand and on the way back from our honeymoon, my then husband was deported. So he was actually put in immigration jail. He was removed from the country and he was deported and barred from entry. And that is what prompted me to actually go into immigration law. Prior to that, I was doing in-house corporate and all kinds of healthcare stuff and, you know, all that lawyer kind of boring stuff. And then I realized that I had a calling because I'm from Canada in the U.S. and I needed to help my Canadian people as well as others. It's not exclusively Canadians, um, but I do have a special affinity for obvious reasons to my Canadian tribe. And helping them escape when we need to, whether it's helping the weather them escape, or otherwise. Yes. That's right. We were so, so, so busy last year because there was the mask mandate and obviously the weather and people were just frustrated and fed up and they just wanted to seek out new opportunities and new adventures, as we call them now, and mm-hmm. also a new climate. And it's very appealing. I mean, I made the move and I, I'll tell you, I could never go back. And it's not for lack of desire in terms of like my family and the people but it's very hard once you've had a taste of the warmth to go back to the cold (laughs) right and especially at a certain age when we're like my snowboarding days are over and my skiing days are over i think i'm just gonna go (laughs) yachting yachting sounds like a great that's right (laughs) sounds good to me i'm I'm into it i'm yeah my yacht will come maybe by the end of the year (laughs) i love it so who ideally do you serve and support? Because I know you have a, a nice spectrum of services that you offer. So I'm going to start at one end and, and work us through kind of the journey of who you're working with. So my most common client these days, and actually one of my favorites, is a real estate investor, mainly a Canadian-based real estate investor, somebody that invests in real estate. I just had a referral yesterday from an Israeli real estate investor that wants to branch out and take advantage of the opportunities in the in the U.S. market. And even though the prices are still a little bit high, there are 
so many opportunities. And even though the rates are high, they are dropping a little bit and you can't wait for the perfect time. And de definitely for Canadians, more than anybody else to a certain degree, because the prices are so crazy, especially in places like my hometown of Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver, the opportunities to access the market here in the US are so, so much broader. You have so much more volume, you have so much more opportunity, and you can get in at such a lower rate. Like, for example, you can even access a condo for sometimes even under 100,000. And so you can't even touch that in Canada. And then you can see a return on your investment that is, uh, you know, a nice cap rate and a nice return when you sell. And then there's all kinds of other opportunities. And yes, we have financing and all, all these things. So don't be afraid by the dollar being low, because the reality is that you're going to end up getting your income in U.S. dollars. So that's a benefit. So that's one side of our business is real estate investors. Now, some real estate investors also want to get visas, which is my sweet spot, invest to immigrate. And so we have a program that I created, my signature program called How to Immigrate Through Real Estate. And so we take real estate investors and turn those passive real estate investors into active real estate business owners so that they can potentially obtain a visa to live and work and play in the U.S., and then our second box is the, or bucket as they, as it were, um, is the, the set of people that wants to either expand their business, start a new business, develop a business, buy a business, whatever the case may be outside of the real estate space in the U.S. A lot of franchises are, are in that space. I love working with franchises. They pave the path to a visa very nicely and it's turnkey and easy to manage. And then our third bin is those that want immigration, no matter how they get it. They want to immigrate, they want to get a visa, maybe a green card, and they have no idea how to get there. And so we pave the path for all three of those types of clients. It's a true full service experience where we take them by the hand, maybe not literally, but certainly figuratively, and walk them through the process from A to Z or A to Z if you're in Canada, and really make them feel like they are a part of our world, because at the end of the day, I can't sleep at night if they aren't getting their needs met. Nice. Well, and I know you have some awesome Cinderella stories of your clients, and we'll get into those in a bit, but I just want to kind of back up the bus a bit, because I don't know if people really understand how much opportunity there is in the States. One, because there are 50 different States, therefore there are 50 different <laughs> sets of laws on how you can acquire real estate. Because the population is so high, there is a vast amount of opportunities there because they are moving. They, yeah. they tend to actually move a lot now. Yeah. And I'm going to say now, like in the last 20 years, as opposed to maybe the 60 before that, and, and all of this is creating huge opportunities in, like, I've heard ridiculous investment opportunities to be able to get in for, to be able to buy a property for like $20,000 Canadian. It's possible. And, yes. um, and when you're looking in the right place, when you're, when you start to open your mind up to, Hey, what if, then I think that the opportunities, uh, open themselves up a lot more there. So let's kind of back up the bus and what would somebody be thinking, somebody listening to this that maybe didn't think that one real estate was an option in the US, that didn't think starting a business was going to be an option in the US, and certainly didn't think that immigrating to the US, like they're just going, hey, I'm just going tickety-boo and life sucks. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's true that taking the first step is the biggest challenge that a lot of our clients have because there's a lot of fear and there's fear around real estate investing in your own backyard. So when you're going across borders, suddenly the fear becomes that much greater and you don't know what you don't know, but that's why we're here. So the reality is that it's so important to set up the right structure and look at all of the dot your I's and cross your T's before you do it. Speak to the professional teams. We have a cross-border tax advisor. We have a, an asset protection attorney. We have our team and we are full service. So what that means is if you want to get into the market, don't go and grab that property that's $20,000 in Memphis, Tennessee, because I'm not grabbing it. You need to do your due diligence and you need to not only do your due diligence and end up not having a lawsuit on your hands, but you need to set up the right structure so that if there, God forbid, is a lawsuit, at least you have level of legal protection. And I think that that's a big challenge, especially for Canadians. I was just talking to somebody today um, about the fact that a lot of Canadians come into the U.S., and then they want to get a visa and they think that it's so easy once they're here and it's not. I mean, it's not that it's hard, but it's not easy. And if you don't get the right documentation when you cross the border, suddenly that creates a challenge for you. Now, back to real estate. Anybody, anybody potentially can invest in U.S. real estate from anywhere in the world. The restrictions come from your home country. Okay. So, for example, Canadians, the biggest challenge that they face besides having the proper legal protection is double taxation. And if you do not set up the right structure, you will be subject to double taxation. You could pay the IRS and the CRA, and nobody really cares that you've already paid if you don't have the right structure in place. And a lot of people just go online and set up a limited liability company, say, well, Joe did this or Frida did this. And that doesn't matter because that will be a disregarded entity by the Canadian Revenue Agency, the Canada Revenue Agency. And so at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather to speak to the right people and have the right structure in place so that when you do make money, you can actually put it in your pocket instead of giving it to the tax guy, which kind of defeats the purpose, right? Right. And God knows we all love giving money that we don't have to <laughs> to the CRA. So it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I can. Uh, one what is that? An ounce of prevention is worth yes. weight in gold. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So, so when other than people just kind of going, let's call it willy nilly, and, and going, hey, I'm just going to go and buy some property, or hey, I'm just going to go and buy a franchise. <laughs> um, what are some of the mistakes that people are making that you're seeing that you're going, oh God, don't do that. Just stop what you're doing. <laughs> Back up. Yes. Us, give us a call. Uh, so there are just so many. Mm -hmm. One of them is obviously not having the right structure and starting to invest personally and then yeah. taking a hit later because you don't speak to the right people. The yeah. second is listening to your friend down the street that did this and that and has this and that success because you know what? They're telling you what they want you to hear. They're not telling you what they really experienced, right? Yeah. And then you've got the, the situation of, well, I don't need a visa because I'm Canadian, so I'm allowed to go back and forth. Yeah, but what happens when that time at that time when they say, "Oh no, you are running a business in the U.S. and you don't have proper paperwork," so say goodbye to your property, say goodbye to your investments. You're not going to see them again, and you're barred from entry. And they have complete discretion to do whatever they want to do, and they do it. Listen, they did it to me, Michelle, years and years ago when I was getting my first or second visa, and this was before 9/11. I was going, um, I was going, I was at Pearson and I was coming into the country, so to speak. And they sent me to secondary and they, with all those, you know, 
not so classy yeah, so people. people. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world is going on? And I'm thinking, I'm in, I'm I'm good. Well, actually, I wasn't good. I did not have status. My my visa was in process. So I was in purgatory, just like in that movie, Green Card. And I couldn't get in. So I had to turn, leave the airport. Thank God my parents didn't live that far. My dad, Alvishalam, came back and picked me up, took me home to my parents' house. I called up Vermont Service Center. And you know me, I'm a little persistent. And so I got the visa turned around within three hours. That would never, ever happen now since 9-11, ever. It's just not even possible. It doesn't matter if you're maybe the president, well, maybe the president. But <laughs> other than that, it doesn't matter. You are not going to get that turned around because there's way too much red tape. So at the end of the day, you've got to check your boxes before you start the process and check your boxes before you make the trip across the border because far too many people are turned away that could have simply overcome the problem by having the right um, strategy in place. Additionally, don't just invest because the numbers seem great because when something's too good to be true, we both know it's too good to be true. And if you don't do your due diligence, you're going to pay the price somewhere down the road. So make sure that you at least start with some sort of strategy. And there are so many places to invest in the U.S., but not all the places are the right places for you and not all the structures are the right structures for you. And that's one of the things that we do really well is we create custom packages, custom solutions for each of our clients. It's not one size fits all. And we can't work with a million clients because I would literally never sleep and probably end up like jumping in the ocean. But um, but we work very, very closely with our clients because we want them to get the best quality service and the best quality results as well. So um, yeah, so we, we well, love absolutely. what we do and, and we, we really, we become friends with almost every single one of our clients. Nice. Love that. And when, and as you know, I always say we love to hug our clients at the end of the day, even though some of them I've never seen in person. Before. Like me. <laughs> yeah. But Which is day, crazy because it doesn't, it doesn't really feel <laughs> that way. It feels like mm -hmm. we've met, but we haven't yeah. not in person at least. No. Well, and, and I, what I really love about what you're doing too, is that you're working with somebody I mean, this whole, yeah, make money on investment sounds like a great idea, but just in real estate alone, there are so many different ways to mm -hmm. one, invest, and then two, make the money off of it. So, I mean, you can have a multi, you know, a you can have a house, you can have a condo, you can have a multi family housing, you can have senior housing, you can have whatever, and then you can buy them because of cash flow, or you can buy them because of um, increase acquisition. You can, like, there's just so many ways for real estate. And then if you look at business as a second layer on that, it becomes so layered so quickly that even, you know, looking at it becomes complicated, but when we're, people are working with you, it becomes easier to be, get, to be able to figure that out based on, you know, what's your end game? What are you trying to do here? That's and let's sure. ignore right. all of that. Right. <laughs> just look at this because right. none of that's pertinent anymore based on somebody's yeah. goals. It's it's so super true because there are there are a lot of clients that come in that think that they know how to invest in real estate and they do in Canada. Mm -hmm. It's a different ball game down here. And yeah. so one of the things that we've built over the past year, which is one of the um, businesses that I'm so excited about that has been very um, successful and and fun is a business I built with my fellow, with your fellow Calgarian, Carolyn Gallardo. And Carolyn and I met in person twice. She came and stayed with me twice. So, you know, 
There you go. And um, the first time we just kind of hung out because we had met through Mike Wolf and we started collaborating and working together and building all these things. And, you know, some of it stuck, some of it didn't. She had her own business, I had mine. And then she came down the second time and I said to her, Carolyn, these real estate investors are desperate for a solution. They want a visa, but it's not that easy because they have to buy so many properties or have so many doors in order to qualify as a business. It's not like one single family home is a business, renting out one, right? So we started using our remarkable pads. Do you have a remarkable pad, Michelle? Yeah, I think I do actually. Okay, well, the remarkable pad is my is our love. Like we both love it, and this was one of the ways we actually connected. And we started we like it was literally the late, late, late at night, and we started kind of jotting down ideas. And she's a real, um, uh, a real like deep thought person, like very creative, very entrepreneurial. And and we kind of came up with some different things, and we strategized, and we spent a few days doing this. And then I said to her, Carolyn, this is the name of the business, Strategic REI. And we're going to do this and this and this. And she said, okay, and we're going to do that and that and that. And I said, okay, great. And so we just launched our second version of Strategic REI. So Strategic REI was developed as a business in a box where basically Carolyn and some other of our colleagues train real estate investors on how to build a real estate investment portfolio and business that will qualify for a visa. Nice. Okay. And that is something super unique because a lot of immigration attorneys don't even think that real estate investing can qualify. But since we have some success stories, just a few, um, I think I can show otherwise. So then we just recently developed Strategic REI 2.0. Because there were a lot, there were many people that didn't necessarily want a visa, but yet needed the strategy and and structure around what they were doing in the U.S. from somebody who's done it and understands what is involved in investing in the U.S. And it's only by invitation. It's not like we're creating a humongous group. However, we are now building a mastermind, and you know, poor Michelle has to implement all of those landing pages and everything. <laughs> but we are building a mastermind because of the level of demand for this. And there are just like there's a lot of Canadian real estate investment coaching programs and a lot of US real estate investment coaching programs. But often the missing link is that cross border, and that's the link, the void that we fill. So we are just launching that now. We have our our second client signed up yesterday for Strategic REI 2.0, SREI 2.0, and we just um, offered it to a third client today. So it's exciting, but it's it it just it's just a it's a natural progression from what we were doing because how to immigrate through real estate leads into this, leads into that, and you know each step makes sense, even if it doesn't make sense to um, all of the people that we work with all the time. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> like, oh no, another squirrel here, here she goes again. <laughs> So, but it, but it, it is because it's, it's not just politics. It is legalities. It's business. It's, it's so many elements that go into it that create a complexity there. I mean, it can be, it can look easy on the outside, but then somebody gives you this sage advice going, oh, don't do that because it's easier doing this way. And poof, you <laughs> just screwed up your entire long-term plan without even knowing it. And, and I think that's where it becomes dangerous is because depending on who you're going to for instruction, their instruction might be, Hey, I'm just trying to make your life easy. And it's like, well, I don't really want my life to be easy at this point. I want my, <laughs> I want my paperwork in. I want my yeah. visas. And, yeah. uh, you know, if they say jump, I'm going to jump and say how high. 
because at the end of the day, it is the American government or the Canadian government making the, the rules and the regulations, and you got to be willing to stand in those. Yeah. Awesome. So give us some examples of some Cinderella stories of your clients. Sure. So um, I have, oh my goodness, let me think of one. Well, there's one, one client in particular that got their visa a year ago. Super, super nice guy from Newmarket, Ontario. And he had been through, I don't know, six or eight immigration lawyers that he hired and fired and hired and fired. And none of them, the problem is that immigration lawyers are generally immigration lawyers and they're amazing at their craft. I'm not an immigration lawyer. I'm an immigration concierge. So I do something completely different and not everybody is going to want that because it's a high level of service. It's very high touch, but we hold the client's hands all the way through. So there's immigration lawyers, unfortunately, there's a lot of them and not all of them really understand the full scope of business. They are not business people as a rule. And I don't say that negatively. It's just a fact which is part of why I created the collaboration with immigration attorneys, right? Mm -hmm. So he had been through, I would say at least six. And he, he was referred to me by somebody and he, he was very apprehensive and I was expensive. And he was like, I don't know, I'm not sure. And we had to kind of ease him in. And he was one of my first full service clients that meaning that it wasn't just a business planner. I don't do piecemeal anymore. So he, I helped him. I helped him find his franchise. He bought a property management franchise. I helped him set up his business. I helped him with everything all the way through with his business plan, with his legal team, with his structure, with his entities. And um, when he did our testimonial, he called me his sister because we became very close. And he and his family actually bought a home that they're closing on, God willing, um, sometime in March or April. That's not too far from me that I helped him find because I'm also a realtor. So it was, and it's great. And believe me, if I could have moved into that house, I would have, but it's 55 plus, my kid is 12. So not a great plan, but it's it's beautiful. And that's what we do for them. So he, he got his visa, lickety split pretty fast, all things considered. And he's had it for a year and he's just in the midst of hiring people now. And it's very exciting. Um, another story is- Well, hold about, on, before, before okay. you get in there, because I don't think people really realize the difference between- an immigration lawyer and what you do. So an immigration lawyer to me is you're stuck <laughs> trying to, at the border trying to get in and it's not working for you. Like what what are the actual, like what is the job of an immigration lawyer? Kind of why is it kind of that straight and narrow path? And what is it that they're not seeing that you do on the side? Sure. So an immigration lawyer generally does the immigration petition, the immigration service, the immigration um, uh, the actual submission, they are, they are the one that actually works with the immigration, the, the US, USCIS, United States Citizenship and Immigration Service. They're the one that submits the documents, prepares the actual legal documents based on all of our supporting documents. So what we do in our business is we either subcontract that piece to one of our immigration team teams that we know and trust and like and have proven track record, or we do the first phases because we've split <laughs> our work into three phases, which I'll tell you quickly. And we do the first two and then deliver it to the immigration attorney packaged and ready, like a nice little gift with a bow that they just have to uncover and submit and get the visa pretty, fa pretty fast and painlessly. Um, so we developed at the beginning of last year due to the humongous volume that we just didn't know what to do with. 
um, we developed the three-phase program because a lot of people were concerned last year with, well, you know, with the vaccination issue, whether they could get in or not. And so we developed this three-phase program and phase one is all about finding the business, structuring the business, just like do, going through the due diligence. If it's a franchise, having the discovery calls, being, being vetted on both sides. So all of the pre-visa stuff is phase one. And we didn't go to phase two, which is potentially getting across the border without until and unless they either get across the border or finish figuring out their business. So it's phase one is exclusive of phase two. Phase two is the business plan and all the strategy around that business plan, which has been our sweet spot for over two decades. And then phase three is the actual legal petition and submission. So we split that into the three phases so that it was easier for the client to digest because it's a big undertaking. And it's, a you know, you're moving your family across borders. You're not just moving down the street. Okay, I'm having enough trouble moving down the street. So, but I did move across border, so I got to give myself credit for that. But the point is that there, there's, there's so many opportunities and so many ways to de to deliver the service. And the immigration lawyer, generally speaking, okay, because we know nothing against lawyers. I am one. Most lawyers are not business people. They are lawyers. Okay, and I think that because of my background and working in-house at various financial services companies and really learning the business side of things. Even though I didn't um, get an MBA, I feel like I could have had an MBA and that's a whole other story because I was in the law MBA program, but we won't go there. But anyway, um, I got my MBA in practice and yeah. it's because we were writing business plans for so long that we really became very, um, in the know in terms of business and, and structure and what works and business modeling and financials and profit and loss. And so that then dictates the service that we're delivering because it's much more business oriented with the visa as kind of the overriding ultimate goal, but the business plan and the business structure goes into this. So we're not gonna help them find a business that isn't going to get them to their end goal generally being a visa. Same thing for real estate investors. We're not gonna get them to invest in five long-term single family homes to rent long-term as I mentioned, because that's not gonna help them get their visa. However, if all they wanna do is invest in real estate, it won't matter as much. So we ha you're right, we have to look at the end goal, just like with the GPS. You don't wanna just be haphazardly going in circles, you wanna have a destination. So we look at that destination and sometimes Michelle, the destination, imagine this, changes. What? No way. With yeah, entrepreneurs, I, I find that no, so it's, hard. It's, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. I, I knew you would be shocked. <laughs> I never, Good ever people. change course, right? I'm all, I always am just right on the straight and narrow. I never, ever, right? It's kind of like when that, remember that diagram that you had a few years ago of when a guy goes to the mall and a woman goes to the mall and the guy goes directly to whatever the store is and the woman goes like here and there mm -hmm. and looks around and da, da, da. Okay, I happen to go directly to the Apple store pretty much every time I'm in the mall. However, I do do a lot of this as an entrepreneur <laughs> and so do my clients. And so a lot of clients come in and say, like, I have a few of them right now. They're, they're like, I don't want a visa. And then they realize what the beauty and benefits of a visa is. You get a social security number, you get to build US credit, you get access to all kinds of benefits. Um, you can live and work in the US, you can go come and go as you please. So they realize that there's a value to it. Like our mutual friend who never has any 
plans of living in the yeah. U.S. ever, although he's here right now because I know he was flying out this morning. <laughs> but he got a visa so that he didn't have to deal with the challenges at the border and he could run his U.S. business and build it as successfully as he wanted to without facing the potential of being prevented from from entering the U.S. Well, and I think a lot of speakers, especially when they're building, don't realize the implications of, of doing business in the States. And well, and I had another friend who went, oh, I'll just buy my visa. I'll be fine because I have a six million dollar business. And they went, great, pay us three million dollars. And he went, what a huh? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, if you're moving your business to the States, you got to pay tax on it. It's like, oh, to talk to someone. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, you think? Yeah, mm -hmm. you <laughs> mm -hmm. think? <laughs> so not quite as easy as you might think it is to, no you know walk in the doors and go hey i'm home and people do that like that's a perfect segue into the fact like i uh, probably at least once every other week i get a call from somebody well i have a u.s entity okay and well i can run my business can't i no what do you mean i have a i'm allowed to go back and forth as i please yes but you can't run a business and you can't draw an income you can passively do it. You can get income like dividends and so on, but you can't be actively running a business and building relationships and doing all the things that are needed to build that business, networking, all Owning of that. stocks so, in, in Amazon is totally different. Totally cool. <laughs> Buy Amazon. I love Amazon. It's my favorite for sure. It's true. You, but, you try but to explain to somebody that running their own business is different than owning stocks in Amazon. It's like, oh gosh, yeah. I wish I owned Amazon. My Zevi, my son, is constantly like, Mom, how come you didn't start Amazon? I'm like, I really don't know. <laughs> I wish I had the answer because I spend enough money on the darn thing. Right. So, Especially when they're yeah. just books. Uh, oh, oh so many stories. Me. So many stories. Yes. So, so what are some of the stumbling blocks? Oh, we've mentioned some of the mistakes, but what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're going, oh, my God, Lauren, I need you so badly right now. The I'm first safe first stumbling block that I think most people face is that they think it's going to cost them 800,000 because that's the EB-5 program, which is a green card through investment, or they think it's going to be 10 years in the making, or they think that they are going to have to, um, you know, sell their firstborn, or they are just afraid of that first step because they really don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they should be doing. So the thing that I would recommend is to reach out to our team, investingacrossborders1 at gmail.com. Actually, I'll make it easier. Hello at investingacrossborders.net. Thank you. Just send us an email. <laughs> Sorry. This bad is the reason branding. why you have a real email. <laughs> Very bad branding I just did. So, um, <laughs> but, and send us an email and tell us what you're interested in. And then we will send you some great downloads, which probably Michelle will put some in the show notes, uh, like free downloads to learn how easy it really is. And you can get in, so just so you know, you can pretty much access the US in a non-real estate business for around 100,000 and get a yeah. five-year visa to live and work and play here and run your business and make money and, you know, be out of the cold and the snow. Um, or if you want to invest in real estate, it's a little bit more. It's probably about 250 to 300 out of pocket because it's a tangible asset. But that, that's the kind of the cost of entry. It's not a huge bar because it, most people in Canada have some nice equity in their homes, right? So even well, if you take out a line of credit or something, you know, and it's, so there, so it's not 
and keep in mind that's not money you're paying that's money you're investing that's right (laughs) you still own that that's right exactly i mean we aren't cheap but that's (laughs) right it is an investment in your business in your future so when people are like well what's going to happen to that well it's a saleable asset you can always sell it even the business you can sell but it's also an investment in your future so um they're just don't be deterred by your fear of the cost or your fear of how challenging it will be because we will help you and we will be there to guide you and hold your hand through the process. Nice. So I love it. Um, Peeps, yes, we will absolutely have Lauren's links in the show notes. So just scroll down and and hop over to uh, her website, uh, website and she will take care of you. So um, let me ask you this. At what point in life did you know that you were special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become uh, an entrepreneur? Well, it was kind of not by choice. <laughs> um, so I was in the U.S. and I was a lawyer in Canada and I did become a lawyer in Tennessee, which is a whole other story about why Tennessee, why not Florida? Well, the reality is in Florida, they have these silly rules, which I did not satisfy about practicing for 10 years in a chosen field and doing this and doing that and accomplishing this and having gone to an ABA, American Bar Association approved law school. Guess what? At that time, no Canadian law school was ABA approved. So I didn't even have a chance. So so I was working in house in a compliance role and it just wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't challenging enough, although I did get my green card through that job and it was a great job, but it wasn't, it didn't, I wasn't passionate about it. It was a job. And I knew that I didn't want a job. I had always wanted to be an M&A, mergers and acquisitions lawyer. I wanted to do deals. I wanted to be on Wall Street. I had these delusions of all this stuff. And then I kind of put all the pieces together. And then when my, well, I started writing business plans and it was when my ex-husband got deported that that transitioned into something bigger. But I I became an entrepreneur because I just couldn't make it as a an employee. That's really what happened. <laughs> We we all tend to recognize at some point that we make bad employees and it's like, yeah, hmm, very bad. Something else. <laughs> I'm not so good at taking direction. What? No. Kind of like you. Name. Yeah. Very yeah. similar in that way. It must be the Canadian thing. I don't know. And that's it. That's totally it. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll leave uh, it at that. I love it. You have been absolutely awesome. So any last words for our peeps? Um, the, I guess the last words I would say is that check out our website because Michelle and Brad and their awesome team have worked hard with us to build it out. And there's some fun ways to get into working with us, investingacrossborders.net. We have just pretty much launched it and, um, we're excited about it and come to one of our webinars to learn more. We have monthly webinars, investingacrossborders.net backslash masterclass. Everything we do is now branded around investing across borders, as you can see in my background. And grab a copy of my book, um, Finding Your Silver Lining in the Business Immigration Process. It has some great insights. First of all, it tells my story, which is kind of interesting. But it has some great insights into the different business visas, including a bunch of charts and graphs and all kinds of stuff that will help you for probably under 20 bucks to figure out where you think you fit. And then before deciding that that's where you fit, set up a consult consult with us. Okay, we have team consults, we have consults with me, 
um, and we would love to help you. Investingacrossborders.net backslash Lauren ESQ, L-A-U-R-E-N-E-S-Q to set up a consult with me. And last but not least is my podcast, which Michelle was a guest on January 19th, I think we published her episode and it's called I mean, imagine this, investing across borders. And Michelle, that was the first thing that I called investing across borders. And at the time, I didn't have any idea that that was going to be like my whole brand. I didn't even have a clue. So the podcast, pardon me? It was a good name. Thank you. And the podcast is called Investing Across Borders. And um, you can subscribe to it on all of the major podcast channels. And you can also see all of our podcast episodes on laurenesq.com, which is my personal brand, laurenesq. ESQ means lawyer in America. So <laughs> I thank you, Michelle, for having me today. It's been fun as I knew it would. And uh, I look forward to many more years of success together. Me too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know My how pleasure. valuable it is. Peeps, this thank is you. Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.